Hey everybody, my name is Jeremy. I work with Team Sharfin, and today we have a podcast takeover. We've taken over the Momentum Podcast. Today we're gonna do things a little bit different. I'm gonna interview Alex, and I'm gonna ask him some questions that I know a lot of people wanna know about. I get him asked all the time, so we're gonna unpack his background, his history, and how he got to really where he is today. I'm Alex Sharfin, and this is the Momentum Podcast, made for empire builders, game changers, trailblazers, shot takers, record breakers, world makers, and creators of all kinds. Those among us who can't turn it off and don't know why anyone would want to. We challenge complacency, destroy apathy, and we are obsessed with creating momentum so we can roll over bureaucracy and make our greatest contribution. Sure, we pay attention to their rules, but only so that we can bend them break them, then rewrite them around our own will. We don't accept our destiny, we define it. We don't understand defeat because you only lose if you stop and we don't know how. While the rest of the world strives for average and clings desperately to the status quo, we are the minority, the few, who are willing to hallucinate there could be a better future. And instead of just daydreaming of what could be, we endure the vulnerability and exposure it takes to make it real. We are the evolutionary hunters, clearly the most important people in the world, because entrepreneurs are the only source of consistent, positive human evolution, and we always will be. So, Alex, you know, if anyone's been following you and listening to your podcast, looking, following your content, they know that you talk about, you know, three things, strategic plan, communication, and how to build infrastructure. What I'm really curious about is, how do we, let's look under the hood, if you will, and tell us about like, where did this come from? Give us the context of the very beginning for you, the history of learning how to build a company in this way, because I've never seen it. And I've worked at Google, I've worked at some amazing companies, and I'm not seeing organizations big and small doing the things that we're doing. So can you tell us about the history? Give us some context. Yeah, for sure, Jeremy, <clears throat> for sure. You know, I think, um, for me, the answer is really personal. You know, I, when I was younger, um, one of the only things I ever felt like I was good at was business. And I knew that I wanted to grow a business successfully, but I also knew that I had, I have like a lot of challenges, you know, um, you work with me, I'm, I'm exceptionally awkward. Um, I have a hard time sometimes, you know, I have I, some, some details are very easy for me to remember. Other details like dates, times, impossible for me to remember. I have a lot of issues and challenges. And so even when I was younger, I knew that I was going to need to get help. And I knew there was places where there was stuff that I could do, but it took me so long and it was so painful that I knew I was going to have to get help doing it. And so from, from very early on, I was one of those entrepreneurs that it wasn't like, you know, I, I always listen to people who say, well, I did it all myself. And I'm like, how? I don't know how. Like, that's so awesome. You did it all yourself. How do you possibly do that? And so for me, it was always about not how do, how do I get everything done. Initially, I had to do a lot in my early businesses but it was like, I'm stuck. How do I get help? How do I move this forward? So early on, um, a lot of what we teach today was just about me getting help to do what I wanted to do. Cool. So, so was it basically just different folks that you had seen in action, coaches you oh, hired? Coaches. Yeah. Uh, you know, so here's, <clears throat> so like, how did, how did I come up with strategic plan and communicating that plan and then building the infrastructure of a business? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 25 years of trial and error. So if you look at <clears throat> where I started as a business owner, um, <clears throat> I started in my, <clears throat> my teens with a couple of service businesses. We had a, I had a window washing business and a billing and collections business, and it was incredibly difficult to run. 
And so I've had a long history of having a really hard time in businesses. And early on, we, you know, in, in the first couple of businesses, it was like, if you don't start planning something, you run out of runway really quick. Like at a window washing business, if we weren't planning how many jobs we could take and what our utilization was, we would sell too much. Then we'd get in trouble. People would get annoyed with us. So I, I always knew that forethought and planning was important. And I also knew that it was a specific challenge for me because I have very little like time space continuum uh, um, recognition. Like I'm bad with, like I said, with calendars and time. And so early on strategic, like having a strategic plan was something that from very young, I knew I needed to put together like what I was going to do in order to accomplish it. And so same with like the routines we have in our business. When you look at the communication process in our business, what is that communication process? It's a routine. Here's what I know about entrepreneurial personality types. We live on routine. You give an entrepreneur a morning routine and their entire life will change. Well, what we've given entrepreneurs is a communication routine within a business. So check this out. If you were to follow me around and I didn't do my morning routine, you would see somebody that was confused and frustrated and missing things and probably looked pretty incompetent. But if you follow me around in the morning while I was doing my morning routine, you would think like, man, that guy does stuff with a level of precision that's extraordinary. What's the difference? Routine. Like I know what I'm doing in one of these. And so when you look at our communication structure, it's essentially a routine for an owner to be able to do what they need to do and show up in the right way. Because, you know, Jeremy, let's be honest. When you look at people like us, we, we can be some of the more challenging people to be around. You know, the, the, the guys that, and women that get up every day and say, I want to challenge the status quo, do something different, make something new. Um, oftentimes, we're the ones that have a hard time communicating, being heard, asking for help. And so a structure and a system was the only way I could do it. Wow. That's awesome. So when, when, did you, when did you see that this actually could work in any vertical, any business, any industry? Because, well, A, we have a ton of clients from all over the world in various businesses. But when did you start to put it together like, oh, sh oh crap, this, this actually works anywhere you plug it in if you do these, these main things? Um, <clears throat> that was probably in 2011. So, but it, it starts a little earlier than that. So, you know, my early career, after I had those two businesses, I was a consultant and I was a manufacturer's rep where we did a lot of sales and marketing for companies, but we also had another arm where we had a business, or sorry, a, a events business, where we helped with like product rollouts, market rollouts. And so as a consultant, I, I realized firsthand how challenging the planning systems were in the Fortune 500. They would tell us to do things like, create a one-year projection and everyone knew the one-year projection we were creating was a big fat lie. And everyone knew by January 7th, it was going to be like completely invalidated, but everybody spent two months doing it anyway. And I'm like, I'm obsessive about wasting time and doing things that don't work. And like, I wouldn't. And so I was the consultant to push back and said, we, you know, here for our territories, we want to do it this way. And we essentially had a very early version of the waterfall planning system that we use in our business today of the lenses. And so we started doing things differently with a few companies and they started actually using it internally. Like we, they, you know, we showed them some stuff and then they started using it the way that they would actually use it in their business. And so we shift, I, you know, we were able to shift how some people thought about their business. At the same time, I was running this events company and this manufacturer's rep firm. And I had to figure out like how to work with everybody, it, you know, internally for myself. And so the strategic planning system and the communication system was working for us. And so we started trying to use it with our clients. And here's what happened. When we turn client communication from haphazard when they want to call to we tell you when you're going to call, why we're going to call, what we're going to show you, and you're already going to know what happened, 
we never had client problems anymore. When we, so what did we do? We created a client communication routine. And then <clears throat> when we created a routine for us internally where I showed up at the same time, said the same things, told my team about what was going on, it was repetitive, but I looked competent, just like doing my morning routine. And so we knew it was working with the companies we coached. We knew it was working with us. When I got out of the consulting business, I thought I'd never use any of that stuff again. Like, you know, I'm done and I'm just going to go retire. And at 32, I sold that company and when I met Katie. I was retired for a solid six weeks. I thought I was going to die. I mean, I was, I was in really poor health. I was getting in shape. There was all kinds of stuff going on. Hardest thing in my life was retirement. And so we started buying and selling houses. Well, we started using those same planning systems and execution systems to buy and sell houses in South Florida. I started with one. And within a very short period of time, we were buying a, several houses each day. And within a little period of time after that, or sorry, not each day, each month, and after that was several houses a week. And you know, Katie and I did hundreds, well over a thousand total deals. We, we transacted ourselves hundreds, but then we were involved in deals for, for well over thousands of people, but, but we used the same system, same strategies. And then um, in 2007, we went bankrupt. <sighs> Sorry, every time I say that, my chest still tightens up. It's like, uh, you know. I remember that podcast episode, you spoke about that a bit too, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, bankruptcy is this like very public, very um, real declaration that you're like an absolute financial failure. And for me, that felt like just absolute failure. And it was so hard. And, you know, I, I, when, when I had a talk with a friend of mine and he basically said like, look, dude, you're going bankrupt. You have a very few choices. You need to own this and move forward. And he was right. Katie and I, um, started a business in bankruptcy. Everybody around us told us we were crazy. And we, I wrote a product called the certified distressed property expert with Katie. Um, we, uh, she ran a, a, what was left of our real estate business because some business was closing, barely any, but some was. And, you know, I, I wrote this product and we applied the same planning system, the same strategies from the very beginning. Uh, in 2007, we went bankrupt. In 2000, at the very end of 2007, we introduced the CDPE designation. Uh, we did 127,000 in 2007. We did um, a half million in 2008, and we did 7.3 million or 7.2 million in 2009, and um, just under 10 million in 2010, and then just under. Uh, or no, sorry, just under 8 million, 2010 and just under 9 million, 2011. And we, we applied the same systems, the same strategies. I mean, we've, you know, these, they have been developing my whole career, but they were much better than we were. We went from bankruptcy to number 21 on the Inc 500 list. And we stayed on that list for three years. So we were 21, then 187, and then like 4,000 something, but we were on the Inc list for three years. And, um, and then when we, when, you know, with, with that company, we learned this stuff. And what happened was some of our clients in, in that product, it was a real estate product. Some of our clients were asking for help in growing their businesses. So we started training what we had used and what I had used. And really Katie and I had refined it like crazy with the CDP designation. We had to Jeremy, we went from just Katie and I in, no, sorry, me, Katie and one person in 2008 to like 15 people in 2009 to like 60 people in 2010. And so system and structure and routine was crucial. Like we ran it like a clock because you had to. 
And then when we started training other real estate agents, some of our strategies, what happened was we very quickly were training like the top producing agents in the country. And they had these huge changes in business. <clears throat> they started bringing like mortgage brokers and other people to our classes. And we start like since 2011, we've worked with like, if you name a type of business, we've probably worked with it. And when you look at the issues in business, planning and communication and building infrastructure are 100% universal. You've seen me coach any, like hundreds of different types of businesses and the answers are almost the same. And so when you look at these issues that entrepreneurs have, we have uni universal issues and universal solutions, universal and timeless. <laughs> mm. I say that on purpose because when, when, you know, we ran the CDP, one of the hardest thing we, we ever did, you know, we, we crushed it with the CDP, <clears throat> ran it up to a, a $10 million company. Then we went up to 12, then we went to 13 and then the market started correcting. And then the business wasn't there because like we were a foreclosure driven business. And one of the hardest things that I, we did was have to downsize a hundred person team. It was horrible. Like one of the most difficult experiences in my life, like have, telling people who are really awesome people that you don't have a job for them anymore was super, super hard. And through that entire thing, like I remember thinking to myself, if I ever write another product, if I ever do anything else, it's going to be universal and timeless. It will not be time locked. Like the CDP was like, it was a foreclosure product. You know, like I think a lot of, a lot of CBD products like right now are like, that is a short term market. It's going to sort itself out. There's just way too many players, you know, for, you know, I, I always said I'm going to be universal and timeless and do a long-term play. And today I think the business stuff we coach could have been coached 200 years ago and will be coached a thousand years from now. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is just if we shift to like where we're heading and that's what I'm seeing now, like I'm on the front lines and I'm speaking to a lot of these entrepreneurs that come in and want to work with us. And, and I can tell that what, what we're doing when these folks join us and start implementing these things in their company, it literally begins to change the industry that they're in restaurant <laughs> service, but it doesn't matter. So the entire industry begins to change because the way these entrepreneurs grow their businesses, hire people, attract people, build infrastructure, it's changing an industry that maybe has been a certain way for a thousand years. And just like you said, a thousand years from now and beyond, the way people build companies will change because of these fundamental things that I've, I mean, I've never seen it. I was at Google, just as you described, it's just so high level planning was all over the place. We knew the KPIs were all BS and, <laughs> and, you know, and it was just like, to, to kind of, I didn't know, I didn't think there was any other way. You know, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm never going to build a business because I don't want to do it that way. And don't even get me started about communication. I mean, just re a real lack of transparency just because of lots of things. And so to watch this now, to be a passenger in this thing and to watch you as CEO be a passenger in this framework while we're changing industries. And so, and this is just ridiculous, but just a little bit, Alex, tell us about where you see this innovating because this is innovating like, and also where do you go for growth and scale inspiration? Cause I don't know many people doing what you do. I haven't run across people who are actually growing businesses the way that we do every day. So where do you get that from? And we know this works everywhere, but I mean, to me, you're you, this visionary CEO, you've got to get it from somewhere. You've got to get, you know, filled. So tell us about that. So I think, you know, for the first part of the question, Jeremy, about like, where are we going to innovate? What direction are we going? You know, I, I think when you look at what, not, not think, but when you look at what we do as a business, we clarify, how do I create a bulletproof plan for entrepreneurs in a planning system that doesn't make entrepreneurs feel broken? 
And that's the biggest issue with most planning systems is that the complication and complexity of the system used over time feels so heavy that most entrepreneurs just say, you know what, I was better off without a planning system. And so that, that is, to me, one of the biggest breakthroughs in, in the history of entrepreneurship. I've been looking for a planning system to apply myself for the last 25 years because I was always second guessing myself. In fact, it's interesting, Google plays into the reason we train this today. Years ago, I asked for a tour at Google because I was speaking a lot and you know, I had heard that Google had this system of OKRs that was extraordinary, like this way to run KPIs that nobody had ever talked about. It was like objectives and key results and it totally shifted things and they had written about it and all this. So I like, I'm the guy who calls Google and says, hey, can I get a tour and I wanna ask about this thing. And so we went over to Google and we got a tour by some, some, like somebody that Google had selected to give us the tour um, and I think we had promised like write an article or I can't remember what, what the whole thing was, but we didn't end up writing an article on it because we ended up talking to like six managers at Google and they were all like, yeah, we've seen that article. Um, I don't think they pushed it down to us yet. And I'm like, but in the article it said, everybody at Google has OKRs. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, yeah. And one of the managers, we said OKRs and he's like, what are you talking about? And yeah. I was like, holy crap. So here's this thing that Google publishes and says that they use everywhere and not, not, they aren't even doing it. So like, where is there any company that really has a structure to do this? That's why, you know, I, I, honestly, that day, part of it, I was like, man, somebody needs to fix this. And I started trusting our stuff. You know, it, it took me forever to trust my own systems because I always thought somebody else had something better. And I always thought like there were, that I would go to a training or find a system where it would just completely change it. And honestly, going to Google and then being part of a few grown scale masterminds and coaching programs absolutely convinced me without a doubt we had to put this out because there's just nothing else out there like it. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. Yeah, I have friends that were with me at Google. They're now at Facebook. They're at Apple. They're still there. And we talk often about the, the culture differences in terms of how we run things. And I mean, it's not going to be long before all these people are going to come running to find constructive businesses that are being built this way because it is ridiculous. And I've been a passenger for, I don't know, four months at some point. I guess four months now. And um, it just blows me away. So I'm honored. Um, I could talk about this all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so as you heard we got into some really great information Alex was sharing some awesome stuff and we ran short on time and I really wanted to continue this on because there's so much more to unpack so we made this into a two-part episode make sure you tune in tomorrow to finish the second half and if you are interested in some information to help you grow and scale your business, especially our new free report that is really changing business owners' lives, we've had people tell us that this report showed them exactly what they needed to understand in their business. Go to sharpen.com forward slash resources and download the five reasons why companies that should scale don't. Sharpen.com forward slash resources.